Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this is going to be a good one. Today, we have with us Jessica Clayton and Lynette Matthews with TalentStream. Welcome. Thanks. We're, we're glad to be here. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lee. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about TalentStream. How are you serving folks? Thanks, Lee, and, and a special thanks to the GWBC for sponsoring this interview. Um, so TalentStream, we were founded almost eight years ago now, and we are a WeBank certification, sorry, certified organization. We have two primary areas of focus. The first and um, really what we were founded on is our direct hire recruitment. Um, and we do that in areas in the areas of engineering supply chain, and then skilled manufacturing, if you think of production supervisors up. We work with a variety of clients um, in the Southeast, mainly in the manufacturing and warehousing space. And then the second side of our business, which we rolled out about two years ago, or or really started to build out two years ago, is our diversity supplier platform, or DSP. And I'll talk more about that later, but really it is a alternative to your traditional MSP, where we have partnered with large staffing organizations to help their clients meet their diversity spend um, through our platform. So now, uh, can you talk a little bit about the backstory? What was the um, impetus to get involved, not only in just uh, staffing, but also to specialize in, in the areas you've specialized in? Yeah, I can speak to that. Um, I think, you know, every uh, third-party recruiting firm kind of has to figure out what their niche is and what their expertise is. Um we don't want to be everything to everybody. And I don't think we have the bandwidth to do that. But what we did is kind of assess our internal resources and figure out what we're all good at and, you know, what areas we've actually worked in, in past careers outside of recruiting and figure out who's got what expertise and what network set up in those specialties. So um, it really turned out that uh, from the inception, we found we had a lot of internal engineering um, supply chain and, and even some production operations and manufacturing operations expertise among our resources. And, and that just kind of drove the channels that we started to um, market in, that we started to find business in, and that we were able to expand in very successfully. Now, what is kind of the pros and cons when a company's thinking about when they need uh, more talent? What's kind of the pros and cons of going with recruiters as opposed to doing it in-house? So, uh, you know, some some companies do have dedicated resources internally for talent sourcing, but you know, if you only have two to three positions that are open a year, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense from a cost perspective to have a full-time person on board uh, that you're paying benefits on that that is exclusively managing those hires. So really what, what happens in some companies is that they push those activities onto their HR staff and you know, then it turns out that in in uh, conjunction with their other duties, you know, benefits, staff development, safety, retention, compliance, succession planning. I mean, the list goes on. Basically, what happens is it's kind of hard to throw that 
occasional recruiting assignment into the mix on those HR people. So really what happens is there, it becomes sort of a cost benefit analysis. You know, why, why would we want to, you know, uh, contract with a third party firm to uh, get, you know, get that, that hiring and talent sourcing uh, uh, best practices in place. And, you know, I mean, really at, at the end of the day, if you're in that situation, it makes a lot of sense. The other thing that we find in our business, the reason that we get pulled in on a lot of um, job searches is because of our expertise. Um, you know, a typical HR manager who may be doing some recruiting on the side doesn't necessarily know all the ins and outs of the engineering lingo or the supply chain lingo. And, and uh, you know, they may be operating on some keywords that are fed to them via the hiring manager. But, you know, unless you can literally get somebody on the phone and pre-screen them with some level of expertise in terms of the subject matter that you're talking about and really be able to vet those candidates out against the requirements for that job, uh, along with the cultural fit, then then really that's where our value comes into play. Now, um, are the folks that you're uh, looking to hire or place, are they already employed? I would imagine the unemployment rate for these folks is pretty low. And I would imagine if you're not doing this all the time, it's hard to kind of vet and find the exact right fit. Well, that's kind of the other value of, of a third-party firm like TalentStream, where Basically, a lot of the candidates that we are sourcing are passive candidates. They're gainfully employed. Um, Lee, I'm sure you've heard the term headhunter. We get, we get poked with that term every now and then, but that's really somebody who's going out there and figuring out who's got the exact criteria that our clients are looking for. Um, and oftentimes they are working for other companies or competitors. And that's not to say we're in the business of you know, swiping uh, good talent out of other companies, but it is about, it's about timing in someone's career. You know, is it, are they poised to make a move because of the progression they've made where they are currently? Um, Has the market fluctuated in their industry such that they might be looking around because they need to maybe reposition in an industry that's a little stronger right now in the market? So um, yeah, we, we sort of are, we're the radar. We we bring a radar to a lot of talent that's not necessarily inbound via some job posting. Right. I would imagine that that's really a lot of the value. I mean, it's one thing, the opportunity cost of the HR internal person to be doing this kind of work or not. But the fact that you specialize in this and that this is what you're doing 24 seven, and this is what you're thinking about. And this is, you're kind of learning where these people hang out and what do you have to say to get on their radar to help them, maybe the talent find that right fit that's going to um, inspire them and to help them, you know, be the most they can be. I think you're creating win-win situations everywhere. Well, that and the fact that, you know, when you do this day in, day out you know, for for a while, the 80-20 rule finally kicks in, Lee, and, and we have a pretty robust network. So it turns out that some of the really good candidates or prospects that are out there that may be gainfully employed, but that may want to start looking around, you know, will actually reach out to us and say, you know, what do you have, what do you have on your radar? I'm sensing some shift where I am and I think it might be time. And so, 
you know, a lot of it's serendipitous. It might be timing with a candidate that reaches out and, and you know, aligned with a job, you know, order that we have from a client. So, um, you know, we kind of are that broker in the talent sourcing arena. Now, has anything changed in your industry since COVID? Um, uh, with I would imagine the work from home aspect of the job um, has impacted things. Uh, how have things changed because of COVID? Well, certainly, uh, yeah, we, we are seeing a lot more remote, remote work options. Even in the interviewing arena, we're seeing a lot of video interviews being conducted as opposed to bringing people on site. I still have a lot of clients that are, you know, uh, at that, you know, that kind of last mile interview is is required on site because a lot of our job orders are so tied to manufacturing that, you know, uh, many of these openings, you know, sort of require from both parties to take a good look at, you know, expertise on the floor, cultural fit and all that kind of thing. But you're right. I mean, a lot of the remote work situation has changed the dynamic. Um, I think the good news is, you know, you hear the word disruption all the time, Lee, and, and, you know, disruption is either good or bad, right? Some of the, despite some of the job losses that have occurred because of COVID, I think a lot of companies have done some internal inspections, some reassessment of their current resources and decided, you know, do we have the best people on board? Um, Are we really helping develop our employee retention and um, growth trajectories? And in some cases, they've seen some people jump ship because there's been some uncertainty in the market. And I think companies are taking some very strong looks at how do we best um, fill our positions and retain our, our real strong talent. So, so some of the disruption due to COVID has caused, um, you know, some internal reassessment. Um, but I also think that in the in the fields that we place in, it's been pretty steady. To be quite honest with you, that over the last five years, uh, you know, the median wages for the college educated type uh, recruitment that we do has steadily gone up. In fact, it's increased by about 18% since 2015. So we're not seeing any, you know, downside in that. Um, And then I also think that despite COVID, I mean, our unemployment rates are still lower than they were, say, in 2010, um, you know, by still about 4%. So, you know, the market looks grim sometimes when you all you do is read the news or listen to the media. But quite frankly, I think we've uh, seen still some healthy growth in a lot of the sectors. Now, uh, being a woman-owned uh, or minority-owned business as you are, why is that um, kind of maybe an advantage for your firm as it is compared to other firms? So I'll, I'll jump in here on the, the kind of minority owned or women owned organizations. And I think that when you kind of think I partner with a women owned organization, first and foremost is social responsibility. And we strongly believe that a strong supplier diversity program that really reflects the demographics of an organization's workforce is going to resonate both with external and internal stakeholders. And as we all know, diversity and inclusion is a hot topic right now, as it should be. And partnering with women-owned and minority-owned firms is one way to show an organization's commitment to really changing the world for the better. And while 
Social responsibility is clearly one of the most important reasons that we encourage companies to partner with us on either the direct hire side of our business and and the third-party recruitment services, um, but also with our diversity supplier platform. We, you know, um, we also encourage clients and, and reinforce that there are a lot of other advantages to partnering with a WeBank certified organization um, from growth opportunities and business opportunities, um, access to certain RFPs that they may not have had access to before. Um, and then, of course, the federal, state and local tax incentives that they receive for conducting business with certified women in businesses. And again, they can they can get those advantages on both sides of our business, the third party recruiting and our DSP. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, kind of how this industry has evolved over the years. This isn't your grandfather's supply chain or manufacturing anymore. This isn't like a a male-only industry. I mean, there's primarily male, I would imagine, but there's a lot of opportunities for females in this industry. Do you have any advice for that young female that maybe hasn't had engineering or supply chain or manufacturing on their radar as a career path? It's evolved now, right, where this is more maybe female-friendly, Absolutely. And I think as um, Lynette, our resident mechanical engineer, Georgia Tech grad, um, Lynette, you may be more suited to, to answer that question on, on just some advice for young women engineers. Well, and I mean, I, I guess you're I don't know whether you're asking us about uh, opportunities for women in recruitment or whether you're talking about how we're filling these roles with some diverse uh, resources. Uh, well, what I'm trying to, I, I'm just trying to let women, uh, especially young women out there, I'm, I would like them to be aware that there's so much opportunity. These are really good jobs and that they should consider manufacturing, engineering and supply chain as an area to pursue as a career that they may not be thinking about because in their head, they're picturing it in this old school way of you know, I got to lift heavy objects. I, it's dirty. It's it, and and that world has changed dramatically. Um, oh, absolutely. And and Lee, you know, one of the things that has changed that dramatically is the overlay of automation in all of the manufacturing environments. Um, um, Industry 4.0, which is really getting a lot of uh, data from your equipment, from your machines. So much is. Um, computer driven and PLC driven, uh, you know, the old days of the, the wrench and hammer just kind of gone. And that's not to say that people should, you know, I mean, I, I used to work in a sheet metal fabrication shop, Lee. I mean, I was a roll up your sleeves, get out there with the welders and, and do some inspection and that kind of thing. But, but quite frankly, you're right. The industry has changed, particularly in uh, high volume manufacturing environments. Now, so much of it is uh, automated. We have so much more robotics in uh, in play in some of the manufacturing operations, uh, vision systems. You'll see so much feedback control. Um, so a lot of times it's really being able to, I mean, certainly the software, the data-driven, the analytics, um, Six Sigma, how to, how to lower variance in your operations. So much of that is what's really driving the continuous improvement within the manufacturing environments these days. 
And so that means that it is available. This The skill set necessary is something, obviously, that a female could easily handle. It's not something I, I have to be super strong and I'm going to have to lift a ton of things. And it's this it's not that environment anymore. Like you said, it's it's clean, robotic, automated. There's a lot of uh, other things that go into having a successful career in engineering and supply chain and manufacturing that maybe it did 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. And um, surprisingly enough, because I do maintain a healthy relationship uh, with my alma mater, Georgia Tech. I mean, uh, last year they had uh, just short of 50 percent enrollment of women in the school and about 30 percent of those were in engineering fields. Which is a dramatic shift because that wasn't the way it was 20, 30 years ago. Well, and if you look at the U.S. labor statistics at careers that are that are still growing and that have, um, you know, as far as the wage rates are going and the salary increases are going, certainly engineering is is one of the top professional um, career uh, paths versus, I mean, you see certainly a lot in the software fields. I mean, that's, that's huge. Uh, anything computer engineering and data driven is, but, but supply chain has so much of that in it now that it's, it's got a huge over, overlap with all of the data analytics and demand planning aspects that go into the software systems. Now, let's kind of dive into this diversity supplier platform that this is a relatively new offering. Um, how How is that kind of working for you and how do you help and partner with your clients to help them kind of get the most value from that? Um, thanks. Thanks for um asking about the diversity supplier platform. It is a newer offering for us and we're really excited about it and have seen some really good traction even over the last six months. Obviously, everything kind of paused there for a little bit in 2020, but we're starting to see a lot of traction and um, and have signed on quite a few more clients, both on the staffing side and the end user client side in the last month. So as we discussed earlier, Talent Stream is a certified WeBank organization, and we're proud to have held that distinction for going on seven years now. And in addition, we formed a strategic alliance with Talent Code, which is a certified MBE organization to offer our diversity supplier platform. So I'm not sure, Lee, if you're familiar with an MSP, but an MSP is a managed service provider that often has a variety of staffing firms that they bring to a end user client and they that end user client manufacturer or, um, you know, really call center, whatever it may be, is able to gain the advantage of using a variety of staffing suppliers. And what we've done is kind of create an alternative to that traditional MSP. We provide many of the same alternative benefits, including a single point of contact. We have centralized billing, enhanced compliance through third-party audits, But the difference is our platform is fully integrated with our staffing partners front and back office, allowing the end user client to still work with their trusted staffing provider without the duplication of processes that often impact cost of services. So we are integrated with our staffing suppliers platforms. We then um, work together and partner together to provide staffing for the end user client, and they are able to then 
um, claim that spend as diversity spend with a women partner, women owned partner. And we've partnered with some of the largest staffing organizations in the country thus far, and, and it's been really exciting. We're continuing to add new staffing organizations and end user clients on the platform. Our current alliance serves a variety of clients, including one of the largest automotive OEMs, a global 3PL logistics company, a large call center, one of the largest packaging companies in the world, just to, to mention a few. So we've seen a lot of benefits for both our staffing partners and end user clients. And um, for them to be able to really meet that social responsibility that we spoke about earlier, as well as get some of the other benefits that come with partnering with a WeBank certified or MBE certified organization. So what can we be doing to help you? What do you need more of now? Do you need more uh, folks to jump on that uh, diversity supplier platform? Do you need more talent to place? Do you need more clients? Um, How can we help you? We always love more clients. <laughs> um, you know, we are are committed to growing and continuing to grow. We've had an exciting last three to four years and, and really see a lot of opportunity for the next 10, 15, 20 years. So, um, you know, introductions to clients that can use um, and see the benefits of using a third-party recruiter on the direct hire side that have those positions that are just hard to fill or that their um, HR department is is having trouble filling because of all of their other responsibilities and and they're looking for that time back. That's one introduction that would be great. And um, also just, you know, those companies maybe on the staffing side that run into situations where they're looking for a solution to be able to partner with a diverse owned company and and bring that partnership to their end user clients. Um, those are the the companies that are best suited for this diversity supplier platform. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website or best way to get a hold of you? Yes, our website is www.talentstream, like a river, staffing.com. And um, we also are both on LinkedIn, Jessica Clayton and Lynette Matthews, and that's Matthews with one T. Um, and you can find our, our company page on LinkedIn as well, Talent Stream. Well, Jessica and Lynette, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Well, we appreciate your time. With you, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business.